Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is July 10th, 2022. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense, Canada's Issues in Under an Hour. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in Beast. How goes it, my friend? Yeah. <laughs> a great start to my morning. I uh, I always get up early, so I thought, well, I'm going to go out and clean up my truck, just uh, wipe down the dash and clean the inside and whatnot. And I get out to my truck, and I see that it's unlocked, which I thought was a little bizarre. And then once I get in, the passenger seat is slid all the way forward. The glove box is open. And so I realize that someone has broken into my truck. And... All they took for their efforts of scratching the driver's door and rummaging through my truck, they took a half dozen reusable straws from the glove box. Huh. Did they take any paper straws? They left my two paper straws. <laughs> well, see, criminals <laughs> know that paper straws suck. That's right. So, so there's going to be some people in the west side of Saskatoon drinking their big gulps from some reusable straws for a while, I guess. So, wow. That's... Yeah. Well, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm, I mean, losing a few reusable straws is only going to cost me a couple of bucks to replace. That part's not the end of the world scratches of my driver's door now i'm gonna have to go and buy some touch-up paint and do a bit of work to make it all look pretty again but uh i suppose thank you scumbags for not looking into the back seat and maybe stealing my booster cables or the extension cord i used to plug in in the winter or <laughs> my work gloves god forbid you take those <laughs> well, no see if cord or your junk like that you know, they're going to use them, and uh, guys that usually uh, don't have. Well, exactly. That's why the work gloves got left behind. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny, though, how uh, people put so much effort into breaking into people's cars? If they put that much effort into a job, they're a lot better in life. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, that's crazy. Speaking of crazy, Canada, we've got a great show for you today. So on the show today, John Horgan is out. Patrick Brown is out. Fully vaccinated is out. Freedom of expression is out. And freedom is out. And more. Where do you want to start, sir? Well, I'm starting my back. I mean, it's, it's no no secret at the point that he uh, that he announced that he and will not be running in the next election. Yeah, and you know, I I actually got to give him credit that he's doing it at a good time. They're two years away from another provincial election, so by stepping down now, it gives the, the BC NDP a lot of time to get a leadership race going, do it right, because there's no rush. And when that new leader is elected, if it's not someone who's already an MLA, they've got time to run for a seat, get themselves known, and really hit the ground running in the next election. So, uh, yeah, he's a 
very least, I got to give him credit for, for excellent timing. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I got to say is that I'm a little surprised um, because if he wanted to run again, he would win. But, um, so I'm a little surprised that he didn't want to run again. He has been taking a lot of heat recently for his to uh, rebuild the uh, uh, Royal Museum um, at the at to the tune of billion dollars, um, and it was going to decolonize. And I quote: "Colonize." the BC Royal Museum would be pretty much strictly First Nations artifacts and stuff. Nothing of anything else. It's like, for God forbid, we learn the story about how BC came to be. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he hate for that because, you know, People are, uh, you know, what is it? Seventy-two percent of Canadians not sure that they can even pay their bills, and uh, they want to spend almost a billion dollars, which you know, in the end, would be about two billion dollars to uh, to build a museum. Asked for, so he did take quite a bit of heat over that, and maybe that factor. But I, I still say, you know, if he, election they would win in a landslide. Um, BC love their NDP. The NDP haven't really to really mess up bad, which is surprising. So I mean, I yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting situation. Yeah, well, I heard him say, and uh, I thought it was kind of funny, but at the same time, I get it because it actually kind of ties in with uh, last weekend when you were talking about just sitting by the lake and enjoying the view. And he had said he was sitting out in the morning and watching the otters playing around in the water and said he wanted more time to do that. And I uh, thought I could actually appreciate that because being a public official, I mean, it's a thankless job. There can be quite long hours. And especially if you're a premier, you really, your life is no longer your own. So, uh, I could appreciate him making that statement, and I know that he's fought and beat cancer twice. So, uh, yeah, maybe this last battle with cancer just made him realize that there's more to life. That's entirely possible, and pro. And I mean, that's likely. It. I mean, and thanks for reminding me of that because I did actually forget that he just fought cancer. So, I mean, that's it makes a lot more sense now <laughs> that I that you reminded me of that. Um, because yeah, I mean, it's people who aspire or to be master are, how do I say this? Maniacs. Uh, yeah. And you right. And I mean, cause I mean, you don't, who the hell wants that job otherwise? So, I mean, but I mean, maybe the second fight with cancer really did. Maybe it did say this is not, this should not be your priority. Being, you know, hanging out with your grandkids should be. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can 
completely get behind that. That's for sure. If that is indeed his motivation. So, Absolutely. Um, oh, and I do, and I do, and I, and I do want to get. Sorry, I do want to give him some credit. That museum project he did um, because position that he received and did apologize oh, okay. for for uh, the desire. Well, he uh, he uh, he did do the right thing. Project. Oh well, good for him, and, and and good for the BC taxpayer too, for that matter. Yeah. Now I know he's gotten a lot of accolades now, as they always do when they step down about the, how what a great leader he is. And I had a bit of a laugh because by doing this show, of course, we learned how each province handled the uh, the COVID situations, and BC was the best at it initially, but then it kind of went south, and of course. There's all kinds of praise and, oh, the BC government was, was by far the best in handling COVID. It's like, well, let's not go that far in the bigger picture. But yes, they did They did get off to a good start. So I got to give them credit that way. Yeah, and on this show, we, uh, we praised the BC NDP for their handling of COVID initially. I mean, and, and I would say for the first year, they were the best country. But that point it kind of went off the rails and bc ended up being like the the hangers on they're the they were the ones at the end on to policy and stuff when every other province already and uh, yeah. in that right now but we'll talk about that later yeah we will get into them so um i guess since you live right in bc um do you see Anybody sort of, you know, bringing their head above the crowd right now to replace John Horgan, or is there has that even started yet? Oh, I'm in the in the back rooms and uh, don't honestly, I don't. The NDP don't really have. They might. I mean. I, I don't know to be quite honest. I mean, it's uh, many of their many of their senior MLAs have all been leader before. <laughs> um, oh, so I mean, I I don't. I, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know. I don't really know who will be running. I haven't heard anybody stop. Yeah, it's it's almost like there's not really an appetite. Because I, I mean, usually away expressing interest, and I haven't heard. Huh. Well, that that is interesting, but I suppose maybe it's summertime. Maybe people are just are out in the barbecue circuit and you know, get, trying to get some grassroots support before they announce. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. So let's move on to somebody who, well. Doesn't need to seek support anymore. Patrick Brown has been disqualified from the Conservative Party of Canada leadership race over some financial improprieties and others. And, well, he's not happy about it. No, I mean, who would be? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you'd on the national got booted from the leadership race. I mean... I, mean, I, don't I don't even know what to think of this. Saw 
the day. He from the race. I uh, I was I thought, uh oh, this might not play well. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I was really worried about it because it makes are are trying to engineer a win for. Uh, I mean, a threat. Uh, just like Jean Charest is not a threat. To be. Yeah, well, that, that's a good point. And of course, Patrick Brown immediately blamed the Pierre Polyev campaign. And it's since come out that, oh, one of your volunteers was actually being paid by a third party company to, uh, to work on your campaign. And it so there was a bit of a, a whoops, and there were some irregularities. And this was this was talked about with all the campaigns, I believe, about multiple memberships being purchased on the same credit card. Well, that was done on steroids, with, allegedly, with the Brown campaign. And there are, uh, yeah, there are some other uh, alleged improprieties as well. So uh, I'm not surprised because I mean, like I said on this show before, I mean, I thought Patrick Brown. Looks like a used car salesman, as far as I'm concerned. Well, allegations in the past of parties in relation to uh, campaigns for him, Sleep with using city officials who are being paid by the taxpayer and uh, using them to. Um, uh, And I think I actually did hear that. Come to think of it, uh, yeah. Another that's an also an allegation on this campaign. Yeah, thank you for bringing yeah. that up. Yeah. So, and I mean, yeah. the thing is, is I mean, Pat, nobody was really supporting that guy. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, this isn't a giant loss to the campaign. It just but I mean, you remember last week when I went on my bit of a rant about what a piece of crap uh, Warren is? And he is. Yeah. So here's another of what a piece of crap he is. He wrote another article here that I just saw this day. Ending financial improprieties, saying that everybody does it. Oh and, God! Yeah, and that the like um, maybe normal practice in the Liberal Party that doesn't make it normal. That's a good point. You're right. I mean, it's uh, yeah, Liberals are as corrupt as can be. So yeah, of course he would defend such a thing. But yeah, but no, I'm. I think it was good because I mean, the party caught it. I mean. Don't, that uh, he was Jean Chrétien's right hand right hand man. I mean, he is you know Jesus for for all intents and purposes. I mean, he worships. Um, he so, he wrote an article just after the Chrétien prime ministership, or after Chrétien retired, and said that Jean Chrétien will be the bar by which all other prime ministers are compared. Yeah. 
So you're right. <laughs> yeah, he does. He worships him of one of the biggest scams in history. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, and it sounds like the, the city councilors in, in Brampton are also a little ticked off. Um, I, they, I, so, I've heard reports it was half. I've heard reports it was five. So maybe there's 10 city councilors in Brampton. Um, at any rate, roughly half of the Brampton City Council publicly uh, stated they want him out. So that he has until August 19th to declare if he wants to run for mayor again, but uh, he may not have a lot of support if he does it. Yeah. No, I know that there's uh it, it's all kind of else for him. Yeah. And you know what? And maybe when the other can- candidates were, you know, going to the debate at the Manning center, which I know is called, Thinks Canada is strong and free now. I believe it is, um, and he claimed he was out selling memberships. Well, maybe he should have focused a bit more on campaigning. Just saying, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, I'm not going to miss you, Mister Brown, but um, maybe, maybe some of those alleged 150,000 members you signed up will, but they'll still vote for well somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, all right. So let's move on. We will talk about this next one. Health Minister Jean-Yves Duclos has now decided because there's not a big uptake on vaccinations right now um, for booster shots, I should say. Roughly nationwide, I, I don't know. I think it's right around that 50% range who have not gotten a booster shot. And so now he's decided that, well, maybe fully vaccinated is the wrong term. Perhaps now we need to talk about COVID vaccines being up to date, which means in his mind, you need to have had a booster shot within the last nine months in order to be considered fully vaccinated or, quote, up to date. I say to you, Mr. Duclos, you can go to hell. That's He's going to get what he wants. I mean... This is whenever this government starts about uh, increased control and increased um, authoritarian measures, they always come through with it every single time. They actually want, um, yeah. They muse about all kinds of things, but the only ones that actually follow through on are the ones that are that call for more authoritarian measures, and making it so that we have to get a shot every nine months if we ever want to travel again um, is. I mean, no other country in the world has done this. And it's yep, only Canada, and it's scary stuff, man. Like I, I, longtime listeners know I know three men my town, and I'm not in a very big town. Thousand people here, three men my age who all had strokes after their shots. One of them is never going to. One of them is never going to walk again. 
wow. I I know what the shot my wife and my daughter's uh, uh, menstrual cycles. I know what it did to my cousin with myocarditis. It's uh, there. There's way more adverse reactions than anybody in the government is. And now they want to force us to get them. And it's like, you know, two trips booked this fall to go to the U S I am very, very concerned that they're boosters for the, uh, before those trips. And it's like, I just need to get through those two trips. And then it's like, you know what? Screw you. I am waiting for the next, for a conservative government to come and change this stuff before I ever. I think that's wise. I, uh, I don't know if we, we shared this on our, on our Facebook page, you know, maybe I'll take a look and share it. I took a screenshot from, uh, it was a, uh, I think a gentleman running for Congress in Arizona and he had quoted a study where it said that the Pfizer vaccine was only a, had about a 12% efficacy rate, which I think you and I discussed before. So that actually made sense, but yeah. then it went through the, the list of possible side effects and, Holy crap, I mean, and you just brought it up. Myocarditis was in there, and then there was kidney problems were in there, and it was just this whole string of potential side effects. And I thought, what the hell are we putting in our bodies? And, yeah, they want us to keep it up? Like, geez. Yeah. I want us to They're going to make it mandatory that we keep it up. You know what? They're, they're going to do the, the thing. The, you know what? The, this is leading to credit score like they have in china totally is and it's going to get to the point where they're going to say nope you're not allowed to buy a new car because vaccines or yeah, you're not well, eligible you're, you're not eligible for a for a uh uh a mortgage or you're not eligible for renewing your driver's license you're not eligible passport or whatever yeah that's right and in china they'll even go to the extent of oh your your bank card won't work in the neighboring town so you are confined to your own community now yeah so uh yeah and actually this will tie in nicely with uh something else we wanted to talk about too and that's the arrive can app the i mean they uh because you have to upload all your information onto the arrive can app and um, actually, you know, I'm going to let you take this over, Lewis, because you've got a lot more insight to this app than I do. Yeah, we talked about it last week, actually, um, about how the ArriveCan app is sticking around much longer than any. Um, every single leader of every single industry is calling for the ArriveCan app to be abolished. There is basically nobody uh, championing the app except for Mendocino oh, and, and, you know, the other liberal and uh, Trudeau. That's it. Nobody else, a single person in the tourism industry is calling for it to be abolished. Every 
industry is calling abolished. Everybody at the Canadian border agency does because it doesn't work. So glitchy that the uh, uh, that that people to a CBA agent. It just keeps crashing every time they try to open try to open it, it and it does and it doesn't open. Guess what happens? Those travelers mandatory quarantine. Yep. Because now, um, the app because the app didn't work. Yeah. And well you had personal experience with that, not necessarily the be in front of a CBSA agent, but it took you bloody forever just to upload your information. Three days to upload the information from myself. My took me three days because every it was like every single time I tried to upload something, the app crashed. And yeah, so, it, and it and it's not it's not uh, it's it doesn't tell you exactly what it needs. You kind of have to guess as to which it, it's just. But it's one of those things where it's typical government. You know how a government is very difficult to use? It's convoluted and not straight. All of that is exactly the same as a government. It's hard to use. It crashes all the time. And last week when we were talking about it, you know, we predicted that this app was never that it's going to stick around. The reason why it's stick around is because it tracks your move, movements. The government will Bingo. know exactly. The government will know exactly where you've been and everywhere in the wherever whenever you travel, and uh, and then you and I saw. I, I sent I sent you an article, and Mendocino is making it making that app. Yeah, he loves it. He says it's great because foreign travelers have to have the app. They have to include in the information which communities in Canada they intend to visit. And personally, I don't think it's any of their goddamn business. But, yep, they have to include which communities they intend to visit. And we'll track them to make sure they go there. Yeah. Isn't that scary? It's very scary. And you're right. It tracks your movements. It So the government knows exactly where, well, you and I and everybody else who has the app and all foreign travelers are going. But for some reason, they can't stop illegal migrants crossing Roxham Road. Well, like this, they can't stop encouraging them and helping them. Yeah. Like, it, it's, just, it's ridiculous how incompetent this government is. Yeah, well, and and where their priorities lie. That's it, probably it, a better way to phrase it. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, their priorities are to track single person entering Canada, fill out the arrive can app and everything before they leave. They don't until they come back, but they fill it up before they leave because it's such a pain in the ass to use. You want to do it. Um, that foreign, and 
all that information gets back to the, our to our government and the and and it's it's like why you know, no, I mean, the thing is, is that it's it's really cutting down because foreigners just don't even want to bother with the app. They try to use it. It crashes. It doesn't work. Screw it. We're not going to Canada. We'll go to the U.S. instead. That, that A lot of that is happening. And what really bothers the hell out of me is uh, you'd pointed out that, you know, a large percentage of senior citizens don't have a smartphone. And the government's answer to that was, well, then find somebody who does and upload your information there. How bloody insensitive is that? What if, what's wrong with a hard copy saying, here we are, here's my information. No, no, no. We got to go through this app so that we can track your movements. No, that's, that's exactly what I say. You know, handing over hard doesn't give them the tracking information. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous, and I can see why Mendocino wants to keep it because he's an a-hole and he's an authoritarian thug. So yeah, okay, I get it, and uh, I, <laughs> I guess this I'll take a sidebar. I just finished reading the Freedom Convoy, the book by Andrew Lawton, and so I just I just I see exactly how authoritarian Marco Mendocino is. So I'm a little more ticked off at him right now. So anyway, well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, look at look it. at what they look at what they're doing to uh, Leach. I mean, she's basically a political prisoner now. She is, yeah. I mean, yeah. It it to me, she should be able to apply for refugee status in another country proclaiming that she's a, uh, a, yeah. uh, uh, that, that she, that she risks political persecution in her own country. True. I mean, that, that's what she's facing. You're right. So actually, yeah, actually to people, people, yeah. Have been charged with serious crimes get out on, and she doesn't like she had her bail revoked, even though lawyers were at the event that she was at to make sure that he did her bail conditions and bail revoked. Yep. And then we shared the article on our page a couple of days ago that the, uh, well, the prosecutor in her case just happens to have been a liberal donor and uh, a Justin Trudeau supporter. Whoops! What a coincidence. Yeah. Isn't that... What the hell is going on in our country? Yeah. Well, and let's, let's get into our last topic of the day, and we'll, we'll tell you what's going on in this country. We had talked about before, and I just got to preface this by saying, if two flunkies from Western Canada are able to figure this out with the... Uh, Bill C-11, um, you know damn well that the flunkies in government have got it figured out. So we talked about in our show last week that Bill C-11 became like similar to Obamacare. You got to pass it to find out what's in it. And well, now that this has been passed and now we're finding out what's in it, well, the government wants access to your private messaging now, your text messages, your emails, your Facebook messenger, and I'm going to guess Telegram and any other kind of messaging app. Yeah. And do they want all of that? 
they want to be able to censor it. Yes, and uh, the quote that uh, the quote of the day, Canada, is they want to be able to censor quote misleading political communications. Lewis, can you translate that for Canada? Yeah, it means agree with criticize the liberals they're going to want it censored that's right yeah you dare be guilty of wrong think well like the freedom convoy we just referred to yep that will be suddenly become well misleading political communication and that will be censored what do you think yeah. will happen to canadian common sense canada won't exist anymore we will be considered misleading political communications. It's uh, yeah. it's good that we keep a relatively low profile. I mean, other than the show being published on all the major podcast apps, all we have is a Facebook page and an email address. So we're not that easy to find, but for those who know us. So and if we you may listen, have some luck. If you look, in, look at our numbers, it's not easy to find. Yeah, that's right. So... Uh, <laughs> So that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Not good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's keep going up. Don't worry. We're still, we're here to stay. It tells us we can't. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, honestly, I, a, I love doing this. I love talking to you, Canada. And I love it when you talk back to us, when you send us the anchor.fm voice messages, we love your, uh, your posts on our, our Facebook page, your, your Facebook messenger messages, your emails. We love getting it all. I, I live for this kind of thing. This is kind of my outlet in a lot of ways. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm not going anywhere until we're forced out of here. Too. It's like, I know both of us have attempted, uh, political aspirations before. And it's like, you know, you don't, you're kind of muzzled and, and you're kind of, uh, uh, it, it, you don't, you don't get the same, you get the same, uh, um, outlet that you do when you get to do this, you get like, cause when you're in a political party, you're, you're kind of stuck to the talking points you're kind of stuck to what the party wants you to talk about uh and if you deviate from the official party line you can get reprimanded for it whereas here we get to say whatever we feel whatever we want whatever we really truly think and not face any repercussions at least until c11 gets Yeah, and I am worried about that. And uh, now we'll take this with a grain of salt, Canada, a very big grain of salt. There was a nanos poll in May. I know that there's going to be some of you rolling your eyes when I said the word nanos. And his poll in May suggested that 55% of Canadians supported some form of internet regulation. I don't buy the 55% number, but I do buy that it's probably high enough that the government gets some kind of confidence out of it. I, I believe it. Totally believe it. When I talk to people, it's surprising how many people think that censorship is a good thing. Um, it's it's actually that hurts. Yeah, it hurts me it's, to do that. It's like any of you. Guys, I thought you guys all read 1984 in school. Like 
I mean, I know it's not mandatory reading now, but it was when I was in school. Yeah, and uh, you've you said on this show several times that book was not meant to be a blueprint. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, that's scary. I mean, to think that C eleven and I believe the Senate is actually I don't the Senate has voted on it. I don't know if they've put any amendments to it. I do so I follow Senator Denise Batters and she made a post that she was the only senator from Saskatchewan and Alberta who voted against C eleven. So that tells me it's probably gonna pass the Senate, but I don't know the next stage after that if it still has to go for another reading or if it goes straight to the Governor General because it passes the Senate. I'm not actually sure on the logistics of it. But all I know is I'm going to decrease my social media blueprint footprint, I should say, quite a bit if it goes through. I'm just going to have to stick with having an email on my address and you know maybe uh maybe my Twitter account or Facebook account, and that's it. I might have to scrap it all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I might be considered a political threat with the stuff I post. But I mean, it's the thing is, is that. Not what living in a free country is supposed to be because it's not you're not living in a free country tell you what you can and can't say online i mean it, it yeah. look at look at what the state of new york wants to do they carry permit in the state of new york three years of social media of your social media posts wow to, yeah scary is that no kidding that's uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised given who the current governor of New York State is, but that that's just a road we don't want to go on. I mean, and I get that at least they make people to get a concealed carry permit, which we sure can't get in Canada. But uh, this this whole road to to totalitarianism is one that we're going down way too quickly with this current liberal government and. You actually nailed it when you talked about the, uh, the the travel situation, that it scares the hell out of me that we have to wait for a change in government to start getting our freedoms back. And because I, I don't trust government, period. And I mean, I trust a conservative government much more than a liberal government, but that scares the hell out of me that I have to wait for a new government, potentially, if I want to start to be able to exercise my freedom of expression. I mean, that's a charter right that we all have here, Canada. That's like number two in, in, on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And, well, this government's starting at the top of the charter and just taking away everything they can. Yeah. You know, someone to do it challenges it in court. I think that will happen. I, uh, I know there's already the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms and the Canadian Civil Liberties Association are fighting C11, you know, already. So, but I, I mean, the judiciary is, you know, an activist judiciary, and they're proud of it. So, what does that yeah. tell you with the Supreme Court? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Supreme. Canada and the U.S. The Supreme Court has become way too political. It's you're, they're interpret the uh, and not just interpret the 
the constitutions and the Bill of Rights. It's supposed to, you know, enforce it. And constitutions and Bill of Rights are not meant to, you know, give telekinetic in the government what they're not. And, exactly. And the thing is, is that they're not, like the Supreme Enforcing it that way, they're enforcing it the opposite way. They're using it to say Canadians are allowed to do this or not allowed to do that, instead of saying no, the government, you're not allowed to do that. That's how it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, exactly right. So, uh, yeah, so I think we'll we'll wrap it up there, Canada. We're a little before our time, but we'll give you a little bit of a shorter show today here. So, um, well, you heard me tease it out. Uh, book recommendation. Uh, the Freedom Convoy. It's uh, it's called the Freedom Convoy, and then the subtitle is an insider story of three weeks that shook the world. It's written by Andrew Lawton. He's uh, you've heard me refer to him on the show before. He's got his own podcast. He's with True North Media. He actually went to Ottawa, and we actually had referred to some of his coverage when we were covering our shows on the Freedom Convoy. And it's he actually does give a pretty objective inside you about stuff that went on i learned a few things that we didn't know but there was also he also validated some of the things that that we had discussed on our show as well and it's a quick read i was done it in about four hours but uh yep very informative you can get it uh i'm i'm guessing your favorite bookstore i, I order mine online right from the publisher sutherland house but uh yeah it's a good read and it was only about 25 bucks for the book i think so yeah, and, and I mean, there's. I, I want to put something out there too, and just say, if we're talking about the next week or two, and that is uh, the if you if you've been paying attention to international politics, you'll notice you'll know that the uh, the farmers in the EU are protesting uh, the way our freedom convoy protested. And this is all about the the governments in in uh, in the EU mandating uh, like a fifty percent reduction in fertilizer usage. Yeah, I just actually uh, we shared a video of, of the Dutch protest, and yeah, that's what Trudeau wants coming here. So yeah, don't be yeah. surprised if we bring it up shortly. Yeah, because because said that there's going to be they're starting with a 30% reduction. I mean, you want you want to talk about food shortages? That's going to cause food shortages and like where are we going to get our food, right? So don't be surprised if this becomes a major top There we go, cliffhanger to end the show. I I like that. So <laughs> All right, so thanks for joining us and Stay tuned because you might get some uh, some very, very meaty topics coming up. But uh, until next week, it is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis. Good night. Good night, Canada. <laughs>